Hey there, folks, and welcome to episode 21 of Future Flicks. This week we have Halloween in December, a historical Queen Amidala, and an actual cannibal in the military. It's the week of December 2nd, and this is Future Flicks. Alright, I want to start with uh, something a little different. Me admitting I made a mistake. See, when I do my Future Flicks podcast, I use three different websites to help me find all of the movies coming out. One would think the only site I would need would be IMDb, but that person would be wrong as the website is constantly wrong. The app, however, is much better, don't ask me why, but it's still not perfect. I missed a movie called Force 2 from earlier this month and a movie called A Man Called Ove from late September. Is that a big deal? Kind of. I doubt most people will see those two movies as Force 2 is a Bollywood thriller that, okay, it looks pretty cool, but still it's not going to have a wide release even if you do want to see it. And The Man Called Ove or A Man Called Ove is a Swedish film. But still, what if those were up your alley in some magical fashion? What if I missed the two movies that you were interested in? Also, there were two movies from last week I missed because last week had two different release dates. The first release date was the day before Thanksgiving, that's when Moana came out, and the regular release date of that Friday. So the two movies I miss, I will talk about those, but I just want to say that if I ever miss something and I don't ever admit to it, let me know, because that means I just didn't know. Like, I normally don't talk about made-for-TV movies, so I will, I will almost never talk about those, except in the cases of ones with really big, or big-for-TV, that is, casts, or when, and as an example, when the Divergent series is reportedly going to have the last movie as a TV movie. So when that happens, I'll probably talk about that. But if I do miss something that hits theaters and it's something substantial, let me know. Please let me know. So let's start with the news as we always do. And then I will talk about the two movies from last week I missed. So in the news, you've probably heard that actress Florence Henderson has passed away at the age of 82. She was best known for her role in The Brady Bunch. Unfortunately, last week we also lost actor Ron Glass, who any nerd worth their salt would know as Shepard from Firefly. The 71-year-old actor has, has really been around forever and was even on shows like Barney Miller. Celebrities also die in threes, so as many of you also may have heard, as these were three high-profile deaths this week, was Fidel Castro. I mean, he's not an actor, but that, that was pretty big, and I think worth mentioning, at least in passing. <laughs> Get it? Passing? I'm sorry, that was bad. I just... I had to make that joke after Fidel Castro, just because Florence Henderson and Ron Glass were actually liked. If you didn't know, on Monday, tickets for Rogue One went on sale. I got my tickets. Did you get yours? Do you even care? Let's discuss. All right, let's not discuss, because that'd be really hard, because this is a podcast where I do the talking and you do the listening. Have you ever ever want to send me a note, send me a message, give me your two cents, just let me know. You can always find my contact information in the show notes or when I do the housekeeping at the end of the episode. Some photos for Sherlock Season 4 were released. It's been two years since we last saw anything new from the popular BBC show. It's also been 
over a year. All right, over two years since Sherlock, over one year since we had any Doctor Who. Come on, BBC, up your game. The CW is already working on an Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl crossover, and you can't even do one season a year. Get your act together. Lastly, Peter Jackson's Mortal Engines will come out December 14th, 2018. Let's see if we can get some of that old Peter Jackson magic back, or if it will be garbage like the Hobbit movies. Has the formerly great director lost his touch? Only time will tell. See you in 2018. All right, folks, let's get on to those movies from the 25th, which I failed to mention. The first one is a movie called Evolution. Young Nicholas is hospitalized in a seaside town. The thing is, the only residents of this town are the sick boys and the young women who care for them. When young Nicholas finds a dead body in the ocean, he starts to question everything. Like, where's everyone else? And is he really sick? This is a French film starring a newcomer to the French film industry named Max Brebant and an actress who rarely crosses the pond named Roxanne Duran. Evolution is a psychological horror, the type that's going to make you question everything and give you the sense that you're not in control. No, not just because you're an audience member, but because the main character is a little boy who is basically powerless. The way this movie was shot, the, the landscape scenes and the scenes in the hospital give this barren feeling that makes you question if there's even anything to the outside world. It looks isolating, which just adds to any horror aspect the movie can throw at us. I've said before that there are two kinds of French films that ever, ever find screen time in America. The movies that are really, really good, or the movies that are nuttier than squirrel poo. This one actually looks interesting, but not interesting enough to see in a theater. If it even comes to my area, if any streaming service ever picks this up, sure, I'll give it a watch, but not now. My vote is pass on this. If the trailer interests you, then save it for later. The second and final movie I missed from the 25th was called Miss Sloan. Elizabeth Sloan is a brilliant and ruthless lobbyist who will do anything to win, even if it means jeopardizing her own career. This stars Jessica Chastain from Mama, Gugu Mbantha-Ra from Free State of Jones, John Lithgow from Cliffhanger, Mark Strong from Sherlock Holmes, and Sam Waterston from Law and Order. This looks like my jam. I mean, I love Strawberry and Blueberry, but political dramas are my guilty pleasure. This is directed by John Madden, who's going to make sure we get plenty of football action in this movie. I'm sorry, what's that? Wrong John Madden, you say? Oh, this is the guy that directed the best exotic marigold hotel in Shakespeare in Love. That makes a lot more sense. This is written by newcomer Jonathan Pereira, and this is his first movie. Rumor has it that the script was discovered two years ago after he sent out a query letter to his manager. After summer blockbuster season, this season now, the holiday season, is the biggest time for movies. And also right now, we have some huge ones either already out or set to come out in the following weeks. Moana came out last week, and we also have Arrival in theaters still, Doctor Strange in theaters still, Hacksaw Ridge. On the 18th, we have uh, Rogue One coming out. This very week has some interesting stuff. So this little movie, even though it looks really good, comes out at the same time as Disney's latest, and they want what? To actually compete? All right, I know. More and more movie companies are relying on DVD Blu-ray purchases as well as streaming services to get their money back, but come on. Could you not put this movie during the same week as one of the most anticipated and what could be one of the biggest movies of the year? That'd be great. All that bitching aside, this movie looks really 
good. It looks like a fantastic political intrigue movie, which we don't actually see a lot of. Movies like this are super niche because it, there's a lot of people out there who'd never bother to see it no matter how good it looks. Jessica Chastain can put a great Patricia Arquette impersonation to use where she's just super boring and not even a hint of emotion creeps into her voice. But unlike Patricia Arquette, Jessica Chastain can do something other than an emotionless monotone character. It looks like this movie brings out a lot of her and I'm excited. Just not enough to see it in theaters. So my vote is check this out. Definitely check this out because it looks really good and worth a shot. But just check it out when it comes out. Whether you buy it on Blu-ray when it goes on sale or whether you whether Netflix picks it up and you watch it there, Amazon, what have you. All right, I actually misspoke earlier. The uh, the ticket, Rogue One comes out, sorry. Rogue One comes out on the 16th, not the 18th. Well, that's it for the movies I missed. So let's get on to what's coming out this week. And we're going to start with a movie called Anonymous. Alex, a teenager who has a way with computers, turns to a life of online crime when his family has financial troubles. This stars Callan McAlfee from I Am Number 4, Clifton Collins Jr. from Boondock Saints 2, and Lorraine Nicholson from some movie called The Cottage. We've all seen this movie before. We really have. This is supposedly based on a true story, but this movie seems like every other film about a brilliant teenager getting caught up in a life of crime. And if that's so, then this is going to feel boring and rehashed no matter how true it is. I mean, think about it. How many times have you seen a movie about a kid that's good with computers or counting cards or somehow scamming people who gets wrapped up in a life of crime and then he learns the hard way that it doesn't pay? The only difference with this one is that the kid thinks he's he has the moral high ground here this isn't about anonymous the infamous infamous hacker group who has a boner for guy fox masks this is about some other kid that okay maybe because of what he did anonymous was started i don't know i always thought they started in irc chat rooms that's what i thought but no matter what no matter how true the story no matter its basis in reality it looks the same. Even the trailer looks like it's been rehashed. The kid starts out with nothing. He gets enlisted by an older criminal. He quickly makes it big and enjoys beautiful women, fancy cars, the best clothes, and then it all comes crashing down when he's caught. So true story or not, this does not look interesting. It doesn't even look like it's worth a watch at home. So my vote for this one is pass. When the question of what movie to watch comes up, always pick something else. All right, dear listeners, we have one more movie before the break. And that movie is Run the Tide. Raymond has looked after his brother ever since his drug-addicted mother went to jail. When he finds out she's getting released and is taking the boy back, he goes on the run with his younger brother for the California coast. This stars Taylor Lautner from Twilight, Constance Zimmer from Entourage, and Johanna Brady from Quantico. This looks like the incarnation of mediocrity. This movie has a bunch of okay actors in it who may have done well with a better script. I like the story, but it doesn't feel like it's presented well at all. It feels like a movie of the week that somehow managed to make it to the silver screen. I have this feeling that the trailer showed the ending. So if you don't care about this movie or don't care about spoilers, which I'm pretty sure you don't because this movie looks like garbage, check out the trailer just to see if you see what I think I saw. And then we could all probably agree that we know how the movie ends, so now we don't have to watch it. Yay! Run for the Tide is just too generic without any positive sides to it. I just can't recommend this to anyone. This trailer left me colder than winter in the tundra. If you asked me, would I rather watch 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows again, or Run the Tide once. I might pick Ninja Turtles, even though that movie was truly awful, just because the battle scenes were pretty interesting. For this, it doesn't even look like it has that going for it. So my vote is pass. Don't even watch it. If it comes up on TV, maybe maybe give it a shot. But other than that, ignore it. Well, dear listeners, that is it for the first half. So please stay tuned for a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Imagine yourself on a journey with the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. So let's start off the second half with three movies that look like they belong during Halloween week. The first movie is Pet. Seth bumps into Holly, a girl he used to have a crush on. He quickly becomes obsessed and ends up keeping her captive in a cage under the shelter, animal shelter that is, he works at. This stars Dominic Monaghan from Lord of the Rings trilogy, Ksenia Solo from Lost Girl, and Jeanette McCurdy from iCarly. This looks like one of those movies that's hiding quite a few twists in it. The trailer hinted at that, and also that it was loved by the hipsters at South by Southwest, so that tells me that this movie isn't shallow. Dominic Monaghan is a really good actor. So good that I lost interest in Lost after they killed him off. And by the way, that show went off the air six years ago, so I don't want to hear any crying about spoilers. I really like Ksenia Solo as well, uh, but I have to say I'm not very familiar with Jeanette McCurdy. From the looks of the trailer, it looks like Solo is going to go a bit crazy on Monaghan instead of just playing the helpless victim, which is going to be a nice change for movies like this, so she's not just going to stay a captive in the cage and just keep on waiting for an opportunity to escape and then run and run to to find the, some guy to help her or to a weapon to take out Monaghan with. It looks like this is going to be more focused on the psychological aspects than anything else. This movie was written by Jeremy Slater, who wrote the Exorcist TV show as well as The Lazarus Effect. He also wrote Fantastic Four. But then I've really been thinking about this. And I don't think it's fair to hold any of the cast and crew responsible for that awful movie because rumor has it that it was the studio intervention that ruined the movie. The director and writers had a different and presumably much better version for Fantastic Four, but it was rumored, like I said, that some studio big shots threw their weight around and got things changed, and that's why Marvel does so well. Because when Disney rears their ugly head and wants to change things up, the president just says, no, not happening. Hopefully, Jeff Johns will do the same for DC. I mean, it's really a shame when some of these big companies think they know better. Brave was a really disappointing movie from Pixar, and... Their original script was supposed to be very, very different from what had come out, but Disney came in and changed things around to have it be this mother-daughter bonding movie instead of what could have been a very awesome film. But let's get back to Pet. This looks like a good movie, but it's coming out a month too late. 
This, this isn't a true horror, but it would have been much better for Halloween. In fact, like I said, this is one of three movies coming out this week that may have done a lot better if it came out Halloween week. But they're coming out now? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I'll watch Pet. It looks dark and entertaining, but not good enough to warrant a theater watch now. Especially with all these good movies coming out. My vote is put this on your list of movies to watch later, and make sure that you do watch it later. Next up on the list for this week is Siren. Spelled capital S, lowercase i, capital R, capital E, capital N, for some weird reason. This movie is based off the short film from VHS, in which a bachelor party goes bad when the groomsmen release who seems to be a woman held captive, but turns out to be a siren. Again with the lowercase i, a legendary creature who lures men to their death. This stars Hannah Fireman from VHS, who plays the same character, so that's pretty cool, Chase Williamson from The Guest, and Justin Wellborn from The Crazies. This was directed by Greg Bishop, who's directed a lot of small-time horror like Dance of the Dead and VHS Viral. I would like to talk about the writers, but this has like five different writers, and when the movie has so many different writers, I get bored and lose interest. Okay, it's not just that. When there are too many fingers in the pie, I start to get worried. Because if they have one script, and then they go, okay, you know what, we need to re rewrite. I've worked with this dude before, let's hire him. So they have this other person come in and rewrite. And they get another rewrite. Each of those rewrites are going to get a, a credit as a writer. So this makes me wonder, did it really take five different people to write one movie at, at one time, or was it rewritten four times? You know what this movie looks like? You know around Halloween when the stores have this bin full of $5 horror movies that didn't sell during the year, so they have way too many of them? This looks like something you'd find there. It doesn't look terrible, just not good. There are some odd design choices made in this movie. Sirens are supposed to be mermaid-type creatures who lure sailors to their death. This thing, played by Hannah Fireman, has some scaly-looking tail and walks on two legs and walks up walls. Okay, sure, why not? Also, when she goes all monster mode, her mouth goes all crazy. Again, why not? Why not? Because it's weird. Name it something else. Don't have it be a siren, because that's not a siren. Okay, that, that's really not fair of me to say, because Supernatural, Buffy, Angel, they, they've, they've all taken liberties. Okay, all three great shows, first of all. And they've all taken liberties with, with uh, mythological creatures. But this one just looks bad. The guy who created this film was probably stoned out of his mind while watching a double feature of Splice and From Dusk Till Dawn and got a raging heart on and wrote some weird script. You know what? Let's just wrap this up. I, I don't feel the need to talk about acting because it looks mediocre. The visuals look mediocre. The set design looks mediocre. This whole thing looks like mediocrity stuffed with even more mediocrity. So my vote is pass. Only watch it. Only watch it if you can find it dirt cheap around Halloween or if you can stream it for free. Or free with air quotes because you're paying for Netflix or Hulu or some of that jazz. Whatever. The final movie in the three movies that should have been released over a month ago is Incarnate. A scientist who can enter dreams must help a young boy possessed by a demon as well as face his own past in the process. This stars Aaron Eckhart from The Dark Knight, Carice Van Houten from Game of Thrones, and David Mazouz from Gotham. Good news, everyone! Inception and Insidious fell in love and had a baby. It's called Incarnate. Seriously, this movie looks like someone took Inception and 
made it, you know, into a horror. But you know what? It looks pretty good. Like I said, this is the third movie this week that should have been released around Halloween because this is the movie I would have seen. If this came out that week, this would have been my pick because it is the type of movie that would set the tone for Halloween and it actually looks worth a watch. Don't get me wrong, not all horror movies have to be released around Halloween, but these last three movies were so close that it didn't make sense to wait. What did we really have Halloween week as far as horror went? Medea and some straight-to-DVD bimbo slaughterhouse movie. One of these movies, probably Pet or Incarnate, would have killed it. Okay, maybe They may, may not have made a lot of money, but way more money back then than they would have now, or than they will now. Aaron Eckhart is a great actor, and I never thought I would see him in a movie like this, but, but you know what? I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, my girlfriend would hate this movie because ghosts and demons are not her thing and they're so huge right now. She, like Roz, loves the days where slashers ruled the silver screen. I, on the other hand, love it. I love these movies. Ghosts and demon are my jam. The thing is, this looks like a by-the-numbers modern horror that may bring something new to the table as far as the plot goes, but the delivery is still similar to all the other movies just like it. That's fine for me, because I like these films. But you, my dear listeners, you should ask yourself, do I want to see another modern horror? I only have the trailer to go off of in cases like this, of course, since it's not out yet and my time machine isn't working, but I can only hope that this movie is a little more unique than the trailer made it seem, and they only designed the trailer like that to get people in the theater who are fans of these types of movies. I really wish I can offer you more insight to this as far as an opinion goes on whether you should see it, but you, you really know, you know if this is the type of movie you, you want to see. True, that may be the case in a lot of these movies, but especially in a movie that seems like it's so by the numbers. So my vote is check it out, but wait. We have two movies left, two movies left, and only one pick. Can you guess what my pick is? I'll tell you what my pick isn't. And that's Man Down. A Marine returns from Afghanistan to find America is no better off than the war-torn country he left. He then sets off on a journey to find his son. This stars the actual cannibal Shea LaBeouf, Kate Mara from The Martian, Jai Courtney from Suicide Squad, and Gary Oldman from the Harry Potter series. And I, I don't know what to think of this, I, because IMDb has it described as a post-apocalyptic war thriller, but every other site uses something close to the description I gave. An America that's no better off than Afghanistan could also reference the lack of support for veterans. The trailer I saw didn't show a post-apocalyptic America. This movie looks really heavy, with an intense performance from LaBeouf. He's a really special actor, just like Jake Gyllenhaal, who really gets into his characters. This has the potential to be really, really heavy, but it could also not be heavy, especially if they don't focus a lot on the soldier home from war aspect. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where he's sleeping on the streets with a sign that says homeless. This city kind of looked run down, but that doesn't mean post-apocalyptic. It could just mean Detroit. The fact if IMDb is correct or incorrect about their post-apocalyptic part of the, of the premise actually has a lot to do with what kind of movie this could be. Because if, if it isn't a post-apocalyptic setting, then this could very well focus on the mistreatment or, or actually lack of lack of 
respect and lack of support our government gives our soldiers. Because I have some friends that fought in Iraq and Afghanistan, and when they came back, uh, one of them came back injured, and now he's currently fighting with the government for anything to cover the treatment he's going through. So he fought for his country in an unpopular war, and now is getting a big middle finger. So, if this movie doesn't have this, this fantastical post-apocalyptic setting, then it could get really real. Like, really real with not only Shia LaBeouf's performance, but as a commentary on our treatment of those who serve our country. But, <clears throat> can you tell I'm still sick with that one? But, but, if this is a post-apocalyptic movie, then it won't be so serious as a statement towards the treatment of our soldiers. In that case, the fact that he doesn't have any support has nothing to do with the fact that the government doesn't take good care of our soldiers, but has more to do with the fact that America is now a war-torn crap hole. My bet is that every other website I checked is right, and this isn't post-apocalyptic. So prepare yourself, if you see this movie, prepare Prepare yourself for something that's going to be really heavy, maybe even on the same level of heavy as Nightcrawler was. But even if I'm wrong, even if I'm wrong, and this is more of a fantastical setting, then it's still not going to be a an easy movie to watch. It's still going to be dark. It's still going to be de be depressing. It's still going to have intense performances, but it just won't be that kind of movie that leaves you feeling uncomfortable because you know this stuff is really going on. And if you're, if you're having trouble processing what I'm trying to say about this, if you saw the movie The Big Short, it was that movie about the housing bubble burst that caused the economic, last economic crisis we had. So when I finished watching that movie, I was royally pissed off. I was so pissed off at my government, at the people who work for these banks. I was pissed off at anyone I could be pissed off at. But... But if they had released this movie as a pure work of fiction, and maybe they had it set with um, it's with a housing development on Mars or something like that, or if it was again in a post-apocalyptic setting like 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 IMDb claims Man Down is, and so it's like these new settlements going up after the apocalypse happens, then I wouldn't have been so angry. I may have still been angry as far as the plot goes for the movie, but I wouldn't have been angry and taken that with me outside of the theater. So for this time, we'll tell who's right. Either way. Like I said, either way, this is going to be a heavy movie. And it looks good. It looks really good, but it doesn't look like the best movie of the week. So my vote for this is you watch it. You keep it on your radar. But if you have to see one movie this week, check out this next one. And that movie, my pick of the week, for the week of December 2nd, is Jackie. After the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy must fight through her grief to help her children and also secure her husband's legacy. This stars Natalie Portman from Black Swan, Peter Sarsgaard from Jarhead, Casper Philipson from Ant Boy, Billy Crudup from Watchmen, John Hurt from Alien, and John Carroll Lynch from Gran Torino. I think this story had to be told now. Like, my parents are in their late 60s, and they are still very very loyal to JFK and the Camelot legacy. Since the assassination, Facts have come out about JFK that don't show him the best light. But my parents, especially my mother, refuse to hear 
any of that. This movie is about Jackie and only now are the majority of moviegoers of the age where they're not going to be overly critical about one of the most beloved figures in American history. Rumor has it Jackie Onassis wrote a, or did an interview, or, or wrote a letter or something, spilling like all the beans about what JFK really did. Like if any of the, like how much of the adultery rumors were true and what kind of person he was. But she didn't want it released until I think 75 years you, you can look this up to just double check my fact, but like a, a good chunk of time after the death of the last grandchild, I think it was. And so the people who were alive during the time of Camelot, the people who've loved, who loved these people the most, all will be gone anyone who is even of the age to remember, even have vague memories of the Kennedy presidency, will all be dead. I may very well be dead, depending if it was children or grandchildren. Heck, 75 years. No, Carolyn Kennedy's still alive. I'm going to be dead. <laughs> and I'm sorry, my friends. You're probably going to be dead too. So not even us, not even us, We are going to hear the truth. Okay, all that aside, all that aside, this looks fantastic. This looks amazing. And it's going to tell the story that we don't know. Sure, we know Jackie Onassis mourned her husband, but this is going to show a lot of the behind the scenes stuff that we were never privy to. This was written by Noah Opperheim, who was a producer for the Today Show for four years and oddly enough wrote the screenplays for Ma The Maze Runner and Allegiant. I, I try to make some sort of judgment based off what actors, writers, directors have done before, but in this case, I'm left scratching my head. I don't know how to judge this guy. The Today Show isn't a news program. It is a morning entertainment program. They have like, what, 15 minutes of news and that's it? Even though they try to sell themselves as new, they're really just garbage entertainment. Still, it's at least kind of news. And so maybe that could be credibility for this guy to talk about Jackie Onassis Kennedy. At the same time, he wrote Maze Runner and Allegiant, which shows that he's uh, pretty good with fiction. Of course, you know, he didn't write the, the source material, but he's at least pretty good taking fiction and putting it, putting it on screen. This was directed by Pablo Lorraine, who directed Neruda, which is coming out later in December, a movie about Pablo Neruda. Go figure, right? So this theoretically... Theoretically, it was made by people who have the chops to do a true story. But before I see this, I kind of want to know more about the research for this film. I need to know if I should go in expecting to see a true story or as close to true as Hollywood can do, or if I should be prepared to watch fiction. Like that, that'd be really important to know before I go into this. Because if I'm going to watch this as a true story, I'm going to, I'm really going to judge it differently. True. I always say you should judge movies as movies, but what type of movie it is also comes into that judgment or is, or is part of that judgment. But let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Mad Natalie Portman a bit. She's amazing. I don't think there's anyone better suited to play Jackie Onassis than Portman. She doesn't quite look the part. The trailer alone makes it look like she's going to do a mind blowing job. So looking the part or not, she's going to be able to act the part. And the guy, uh, Casper, hold on, what was his name? Casper Philipson really looks the part. Watch a trailer and it let it kind of looks like they pulled the Forrest Gump and took some archive or, or historical footage. But no, this is a real dude who mainly does uh, TV shows. 
So this looks like a heavy movie, just like Man Down, and you need to be in the right mood for movies like this, because these are deep dramas. So you need to be in the right mindset before you even consider seeing it. If this is if this is historically accurate, if it makes it even more important that you go into this with the right mindset. If even even if this is historical fiction, it's still going to be a, a hard drama. But I think it's good that this movie is coming about coming out about Jackie because when we when we think back to that time in our history it's always jfk in the spotlight and you don't really see jackie on her own you know whenever you see jackie when we're talking about when we're talking about history historical news uh, any of that stuff it's always jack and jackie you know jfk and jackie onassis kennedy it's it's rarely her on her own so i think this is a good story to tell about one of the most popular women in american history a truly beloved woman so let me wrap this up before i go off on yet another tangent my vote for this one folks is if you see a movie this week and you want to watch a movie in the theaters this is the movie you see well my friends that is it for this week i have a couple more movie nights planned um i'm i tweeted that i was going to do a review of the grand tour the uh the new show from the top gear guys but i decided i wanted to wait for episode two just to see if uh if the first episode was a fluke or not i really don't think it's going to be it seems like they've captured the magic of top gear but i wanted to wait for at least the second episode so i'd have more to talk about during a podcast so keep an ear open for that podcast and you know a movie i recently watched that was really good i don't think i'll do a full movie night to it but you should check out witch that was a movie that came out this year and it was fantastic so give that a shot if you're in the mood for a for a scary movie and not the same way that i was talking about modern horror movies but a movie that just really sets us a good mood terror mood so let's get on with that housekeeping you can find me on itunes soundcloud stitcher spreaker and any podcast listening app as well as a somewhat nerdy website that's www.somewhatnerdy.com Need to reach me? Leave me a comment on Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm Billiam, S-W-N. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, as well as the Watch Your Mouth Podcast that our very own Critter is a member of. Don't forget out. Don't forget to check that Somewhat Nerdy site I mentioned for all of our latest blogs and news. And my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.